Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I am Blake Harrison. Joining me as ever is Stuart Whiffin. Hello. We're here for a very uh, a special episode today, aren't we, Stu? Uh, little Q&A. Little Q&A. Um, we so threw it your way. I thought we were just going to throw into the void and get nothing back. I thought we were going to have to create... Twitter handles and yes. Instagram handles and pretend people are asking us questions. <laughs> I didn't even consider that. That's a great idea. <laughs> That's what we'll do. But um, but no, you, we've got loads. Our man, our man in the booth. Yes. Can we call him the man in the booth? Jamie. Yeah. The man in the booth. Yeah. There is no booth. The booth doesn't exist. The booth is like his his house. Let's shout out Jamie. Jamie. What a yeah. ledge. We've taken on Jamie. He's going to be helping us with some social media stuff and all that. And uh, he uh, has been smashing it on the socials, yeah. I think. I think he's doing a very good job. We met, we met Jamie at the UFC, didn't we? We did. You, we did. I can't remember which event it was. I think but, it was um, one of the London cards, wasn't it? One of the it? London cards. And uh, he, uh, I think it was Aspinall Blades. Yeah. And uh, we was queuing up to get our press accreditation and he was in the queue and we got chatting yeah. and uh, stayed in touch and he's a lovely fella. Lovely guy. And, uh, and uh, all that jazzy stuff that you see on YouTube shorts and, uh, and the stuff that you see on the socials, that's Jamie's handiwork. Jamie's handiwork. Shout out, Jamie. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, he might be here in this episode. He may well be doing very, that. Very episode. Um, so, yeah, so Jamie has compiled a bunch of questions from you lovely watchers and listeners out there. And Thank so we, you. We, Thank yeah. you, because they've come in abundance. Yeah, we really appreciate that, because otherwise this would have been a very short episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how long we're going to go on this, but yeah. we've got a bunch of questions, so I suppose we should just smash through them. Um, First one I've got is from at Hake Barrison. Where do you get your hair cut? It looks incredible. <laughs> what a knob. Um, but thanks for noticing. I did get my hair cut recently. Thank Cheers, you. Um, no, at, I want to say, Awais Roger yep. on X. Uh, I was asking, uh, who do you think could be the next British champ? Who have you got? Ian Gary. Well, he's not British, is he? Okay. Uh, what, <laughs> what a terrible start. <laughs> Great Britain. Oh, no, 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 no. he's, 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 he's What's doubling. wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is a shocking start, <laughs> isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, we left our own devices again, so maybe this one's recording. We think the last one went all right. Um, in which case, if we're going to talk about British fighters, I'm going to go for a real wild card here because <laughs> I, had little, I had a little think about <laughs> this. And, and we're presuming that Tom's the champ already, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't say Tom's the new champ. Okay, right. I'm going to say it's a while until we get a champ. I don't think Makayev's going to be the champ. Really? I don't think so. Oh, okay. And I'm going to throw a real wild one and I'm going to get in early. I'm going to say Luke Riley. Cage Warriors, Luke Riley. I think he's the most exciting fighter I have seen in a long time. And if he continues doing what he does and if he can transition that to the UFC, I think in years to come we're going to see him as a champ. 
Big words. Mm. Big words from the Whiffin, who first picked an Irishman to be the next British champ. So, <laughs> great start. Pulled it back there, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. I mean, I look at the rankings and I say, well, next in line in terms of the numbers could be Arnold Allen. Uh, I think, you know, he's got to come back from the Holloway loss, but he's got Evloev in January. And I'm a huge Arnold Allen fan, so I'd love to see him do it. Lerone Murphy, he's, we've been had him on the show a couple of times. Lovely guy. And I think, you know, undefeated. On a tear. On a tear. And then... Mokaev is the other guy. Mokaev looks, I think, really, really good. I know that he's had some critics, uh, sometimes you being one of them, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, he's got a good shot. So those are the three names that leap to mind for me for the next British champ. I, I considered Arnold. Um, yeah. Obviously, he, he come off a, a, a loss to, to Max, but put in a fantastic performance against Max. A huge step up for Arnold and completely held his own and, and put in a, a fantastic uh, effort and uh, and should should 100% have come away from that holding his head up high. Um, like I say, the Evler fight, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Arnold does. Yes. I, I'd favour Arnold. Um, but I don't know. I, I think there's a little while before he gets that shot. And, yeah. uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm thinking two, three years for, for Luke Riley, but if he comes in on that tear... With what the division cu- is Luke Riley in again? Oh, lightweight, I believe. It's probably more than two, three years. And, I mean, uh, like lightweight is so... Sta- it always takes ages to get a title shot of lightweight. He has got absolute knockout power and he's, so, he's such an exciting fighter to watch and uh, and so yeah I went a little bit rogue with this one and I you chose did. someone uh, uh, you know a little way uh, down the line and uh, but he's the person that's exciting me the most okay alright should we move on to uh, at Jack 919241138 catchy catchy isn't it <laughs> catchy Jack 919241138 on X do you his mates call him hey 138 <laughs> Well, Jack, thanks for uh, for writing in. Uh, who wins, Prime Darren Till or Ian Gary? Uh, Ian Gary, easily. I would say Ian Gary as well. Yeah, I, I think we didn't see Ian Gary fast tracked. I think he's Ian he... Gary, the next British champion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I think that Ian Gary chose the right path. I think um, he's he's done it quite slow and steady, but he's. He's ascended fast because of his star quality. Um, but I think Darren Till got put in the big fights too soon. I think people got caught up in the yeah. hype with him. And, you know, when he did fight some of them beasts, he didn't do very well. Uh, what would you say was his peak performance? Darren Till's? Yeah. Ooh. Cowboy Cerrone? Exactly. Exactly. Tail end of Cowboys career. Look at what Ian Gary done to Neil Magny, and and by the time this comes out, you know I don't know this will be this probably be, be out before the Luke fight. But I think Ian Gary is 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 far more well rounded as well than than Darren Till. I think I, he's definitely more well rounded, you know, and that's we, why I think he would win. His striking is fantastic, as was Darren Till's. Uh, but I do think that when it comes to to wrestling, we've not seen him wrestle too much in the UFC. But we was privileged to watch him get the Cage Warrior strap. Yeah, uh, and he he had a uh, what's his name Jack Jack Grant Jack Grant who is beast of a wrestler. Yep, and uh, completely held his own to the point where he was just chatting to him yeah uh, and and now obviously as we've mentioned I know he's been around the block with with different uh, uh, fight camps and gyms and stuff like that but he's rolled with the likes of Burns and Luke's and I think maybe Usman as well yeah, and yeah. stuff you know he's Michael Chandler I mean he's he's grown a lot and learned yeah. a lot I would have thought from that so yeah I, I would give the grappling edge to Gary and go with Gary uh, this is probably my favourite question that we were given in from Reese underscore 966, another catchy one. Um, and I think this is specifically for you, Stu. If you had to pick five fighters, past and present, for a security team at the club, who would you pick? And I just want people to know, you do do club nights. Yes, yes. You, you work at club. Do you want to shout out the club? Or uh, and- Yeah, I've, I've worked at the, the, the well, multitude <laughs> of clubs over the years, um, putting on events. Uh, but my baby is uh, a club in, in Essex called the Pink Toothbrush, and I've worked there 30 years. And, uh, and Reese is my head doorman, uh, and uh, we... We whittle the nights away uh, on the front doors of the club just talking about UFC. And uh, he's, he's, he's a top lad uh, and he's a fantastic fighter. And I, and I think in uh, in the coming years, we're going to see him uh, edge his way into Cage Warriors and, uh, and nice. cause a bit of a, bit of a, a stir there. Um, and so, well, to break it down, when you're picking your door team, you need a mixed bag, 
right? So, so this is what <laughs> I've gone. I'm for. just sitting back and letting you take. I'm really fascinated by this. How do you construct the best well, door what, team? What you Go can't on. do, right? You can't have like five Sean Stricklands on your door, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chaos. You, can't, you, you can't do that. They'll just be whipping out guns. I, I, exactly. You know, and you, you know him. You don't need. You don't need a Bryce Mitchell on your door. You, you don't need that, right? Because you, you need people that can talk, and and you need also you need some some size as well, which can be the, the obvious yep. deterrent when someone's thinking yep. about playing up. If there's a Tom Aspinall on the door, people might just think, oh, you know, I don't really fancy me chances here. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so I've I've kind of put together me, me door team, right? So Go for on. size, yeah, I've gone for Cyril Garn, right? Nice, because he's a lump, yeah, but he's very calm. And he's yes, got a he very is. nice manner. Yeah. So I think as much as he's a deterrent and that, that kind of, you know, kickboxing style, he hasn't necessarily got a, you know, he can just boot someone across the road. And, uh, and I can't, <laughs> should that ever present itself? But I think he's very calm and I like that. And, uh, and he, I he, think he'll bring in a, a crowd of, uh, of the ladies as well. I think he's an attractive man. The ladies love the, the CG. Ladies, ladies and, love uh, <clears throat> right, so I'd have, um, I'd have him as me lump. And uh, and I like I like to have uh, a mixed bag, so I'd have Rhonda on the door. Yeah, and uh, important I, to have a female door person. Absolutely, yep. and uh, and and also not you, Amanda Nunes. No, I think Rhonda, because my, my thoughts behind Rhonda is she hasn't necessarily got to to start brawling with people. She's like, whoop, lip, you're down, armbar. Oh yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. so I'm thinking a bit of a hothead, Rhonda though. Uh, yeah, in the octagon, you yeah. know. Okay, I think right. you know, cup of tea on the door of the club, she'd be all right. All right, she'd be enough. all right. And uh, and I think ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's just going to be people chatting to her. Yeah. So I, I think Ronda would be a good one. Um, now I want somebody front of us, right? The, yes. The, the first person you see <laughs> when you walk up the door, and you want to have a nice night out, and you want to feel welcome at the club. Yeah. And. Uh, and so I'll grab Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, yes. I love this. is not where I'm... Most people would just pick five brutes. Tank Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got... You've really thought this through. Carry on. I love Wonderboy greeting you at the door. I want to go to this club. I mean, it's amazing, right? So Wonderboy's there, all smiles, you know, shaking everyone's hand as they come in. So everybody walks into the club feeling good about themselves. Lovely. They've, just, they've had a little chat with Wonderboy. Now then, I want someone that's got a bit of size that... Also, people are a little bit concerned about, but has got a nice, calm manner. That thing where you look at that person, you just think, he's very nice, but I bet he's got something about him, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go for Usman. And, oh, yeah. Uh, just someone that's got, looks really cool, but like, as you're chatting to him, you'd be thinking, I don't think I want to mess with this guy. Yeah. Like, he's just got that kind of silent assassin kind of vibe yep. to him. Um, and so I've got a pretty well put together door team of, of people that are, uh, have got a generally calm demeanour, but that they know what they can do if they have to. But it's not going to kind of spoil anyone's night. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in Clubland, sometimes situations present themselves where it does end up where people are taking pot shots at security officials. So I want someone on a lead... <laughs> <laughs> but every now and again I've just got to unclip that lead release the beast and go yeah chopper sick balls and uh, and at that point <laughs> I just want to unleash Robbie Lawler and, uh, <laughs> but I want Robbie Lawler with the split lip Oh like, God! I want that Robbie... would terrify everyone. <laughs> want... And again, people are going to have it on their toes. They're not going to engage with someone called Ruthless that looks like that. <laughs> and I think people are going to go, "I don't fancy this." So it makes my life a lot easier. I've not got to speak the license in and pick up the pieces of a carnage brawl because I've put together a great door team. And I'd stick Reese in there as well, obviously. Oh my God! So <laughs> just to recap, your door team consists of Cyril Garn, yep. Ronda Rousey, yep. Kamaru Usman, yep. Wonderboy Thompson, and Robbie Lawler. Who's gonna fuck with that? No, not me. <laughs> not me. Love it. I absolutely love that. Thanks very much, Reese, for that uh, question. Uh, let's do one more from X, and then we'll roll onto like Instagram or something. If you have uh, written in and we haven't got to your stuff, we will try and get to yeah. it at next time. So let's just try and skim through here and see what's a really good X question. Uh, oh, what would be uh, your dream fight to make? Um, 
using either past or present fighters. And that's from at Alex Theo underscore on X. So um, I'll take so my, my dream fights <coughs> would probably be fights that I feel like we've missed and haven't got at the moment dream fight would be Nganu Jones mm-hmm. a fully fit Jones Nganu who is the baddest man on the planet let's find out for sure get that done Nganu Jones the other fight that I really feel like we missed out on never seeing was Cyborg Nunes 2 yeah mate I felt like we had that's a good chat that. two women in different organisations both dominating smashing everyone and actually the only fight to make was Cyborg Nunes too, but you couldn't because Cyborg had moved over to Bellator. So that's a real shame. And then just for fun, we asked MVP about the Wonderboy fight and he was like, oh, we might kind of cancel each other out or whatever. So I take that on board. I still would really love to see that fight, but maybe MVP versus someone that is just an even more bananas version of like a Wonderboy MVP type style, and that's Michelle Pereira. I knew that was coming. I, that is a fight I would love yeah. to see. It would be chaos. Yeah. MVP Michelle Pereira, I would love to see that fight be made. Wonderful. Have you got any? Uh, I've got one, and it's it's very predictable, uh, and everybody says it, but prime GSP, prime Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Great one. Um, shall we roll on to some of the other social media formats? I, I, I want to go back to X. No? I, I know you, you, you've passed it, but I want to ask you. Go on. In, in the journey that we've been on, we've been so lucky. Yeah. And we, we found ourselves, you know, accredited with the UFC and we found ourselves in amazing media days and, and cage side for, for some amazing events. Um, on this like, kind of journey of us having some great people on Zoom, we've, like you said, we've had MVP in this new studio. What's been that pinch me moment for you where you've just thought, bloody hell, this is mad? So this is a question from Lewis Glover, yeah, MMA. thanks, Lewis. Or Lewis Glover? 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 Glover. Glover. Um, uh, on X, um, biggest pinch me moments. I think just being cage side for the London events, yeah. you know, there was the pay-per-view, there was the first card back after the pandemic, yeah. you know, like that, th- those moments were like, Jesus, we're here. Like the, the first time got to do it, to be there and go, we're at all the media events, we're cage side, yeah. all that stuff. I mean, that was, uh, that they were pinch me moments. They were moments where I think we were looking at each other in times and just going, how have we pulled this off? Yeah, I know. <laughs> How have we got here? That and and I think interviewing Volk for the first time because I think he was the first champion we interviewed. Yeah. So to say, oh my god, we just spoke to a your mic all right there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just spoke to a um a UFC champion. Yeah. I mean, since then we've spoken to a few UFC no, we've champions. Had them all on, mate. We've had them all on. But uh, but to, to him being the first and him being still, I think one of if not my favourite fighter and, and yeah. you know th- those those were massive moments have you got anything you would say when Paddy fought in London and he won and as you know he made an incredible speech um, which was quite beautiful to, to, to be there to hear that and then as he walked from the octagon and the music was you'll never walk alone yes. and seeing Paddy walk from the octagon to that was was pretty powerful. But for me, you'd gone for a wee and I'd stood in the studio uh, in London and all of a sudden in walks Bruce Buffer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in a room with Bruce Buffer and I worried that he was going to be, right, come on, lads, we've got 20 minutes, let's get this done. Uh, And he might have been a bit aloof because he's Bruce. Um, the nicest guy ever, bought us presents uh, and just sat down and gave us all the time and uh, loads of photos with us afterwards. And oh, I was just, when we walked out of that studio, that we were walking moment. back to the train, we were like, fuck, we've just sat with Bruce Buffer. Yeah. That, was, that was a moment. That was yeah. a mo- and that was our first ever in-person interview. And it was, and that, and yeah. It was, yeah that, was, that was pretty special. And the first time me and you had been in the same room and recorded. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Really, really good one, that. Um, let's move over to Instagram. Uh, at one foot dude uh, on Instagram. What are each of your top three fights of the year? Do you have answers to these or do you need to think about it? I have I've some answers. One. Go on, my friend. Uh, I'm going to go for Arnold Max. 
Oh uh, yeah, good I, one. I, I thought that was an absolutely fantastic fight and so invested because we love Arnold, um, two-time guest of the show. Uh, love him and just felt, as I've touched on already, put in such a good performance and uh, and, and and yeah, I just thought it was it was just a brilliant brilliant fight. Um, I can't not say um, Pavlovich Aspinall um, to see really to see Tom fight of the year. <sighs> You, obviously, you're looking at it from the eyes of like, a, what it meant. Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Um, obviously, there wasn't a lot to, to no. watch, but great. Uh, and, and to see him do it so quickly uh, was, was incredible. Uh, and my last one uh, is, is Gaethje Poirier. Um, I thought that was, that was an absolute cracker. We've looked at this very differently. Okay. Because I've, I've gone for the fights that I'm like, were incredibly competitive, were back and forth, or there was like a huge comeback or something like that. So that's how I've gone with it. And top fight, and I think most people's fights of the fight of the year, unless we see anything really special coming up, uh, well, we would have already seen it by the time this goes out. So yeah. unless 296 <clears throat> gives us something really crazy, got to, isn't it? Um, then Islam Volk won. Yeah. At UFC 284, that was a phenomenal fight. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of just recency bias because my memory's not great <laughs> with this stuff. Sadikov Borshev was on the prelims of UFC 295 in New York. It was unbelievable. If you haven't watched that fight on the prelims, 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 um, Nazim Sadikov versus uh, Slava Claus uh, Borshev. That was just an absolutely cracking back and forth war of a fight. And that is one of those fights where you're just watching it with your hands like on your face, just going, what am I watching? And I think similarly, Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner at UFC 290. Oh, Dan Hooker looked like he could have been out of it. Jalen Turner was hitting him with some big shots, a head kick at one point. And then Turner just seemed to gas out and then... That Dan was the Hooker fight came back. And Dan Hooker dyed his hair red in that fight, didn't he? Yes, he did with his own <laughs> blood. Um, that, yeah, that was a crack. So those uh-huh. are the fights that really do it, do it for me. Um, and this is, this is maybe a question for you, Stu, because you love your, your big Cage Warriors guy. Uh, at Michael Smith 93 who are your Cage Warriors guys to watch potential UFC stars uh, in the next uh, year or 18 months? Well, I think it's safe to say that I'm going to say Luke Riley. Yep. Um, uh, he's up at um, uh, Paddy's gym. Next uh, gen. Next gen. Um, and th- I mean, there's some killers coming out of there uh, yep. uh, 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 at the moment. Um, but there's a fighter that trains with uh, Brad Pickett and Nathaniel I knew you Wood, were going to say him. Uh, called Long Kavanagh. And yep. uh, he's looking so exciting. Um, I'm really excited to see what, what, what comes from there. And, and if there's any listeners here that are just diehard UFC fans, I can't recommend Cage Warriors enough. I, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. And, and as we know, it's a, a breeding ground for future UFC stars. You know, all the, most of the, the big Brit fighters have all come through Cage yep. Warriors. And, uh, and, and, and watching them shows, it's, it's put together so well, Cage Warriors. And, it, uh, is, it, run, it runs so smoothly. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. fight after fight after fight. You're not lingering yeah. and waiting around and killing time. It's like no nope, that fight's done let's move on let's yeah. and you get what you want it's all action absolutely um so yeah long Kavanagh and uh and uh, yeah luke riley yeah i'm gonna just shout out my boys who i love harry and george oh, harry and george God. hardwick of course. Look, george had his opportunity on the contender series he, f- he came up short but he's still a lightweight champion in cage warriors and i still believe he can get a ufc contract and do well harry hardwick is one of the most fun fighters you'll ever watch. He's in a stacked, and it has been historically, I think, over the last few years, stacked featherweight division with the likes of Paul Hughes, um, uh, Jordan Buchanik, um, and there's a couple of other names now as well. Uh, is it Hendon as well? And there's a, there's a few fighters in that kind of featherweight. Uh, oh, who's um, the French guy, the last pirate? Um has he not signed for UFC? Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying that that's, that's historically it's yeah. been so stacked, isn't it? Why can't I remember his name? No, no, you've Morgan Charrier. Charrier, yeah. Morgan Charrier. Um, <laughs> so you know they had some fantastic fighters in featherweight, and uh, and Harry's always been really exciting to watch. I can't there, believe so. I overlooked Harry. Harry, 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 and George Hardwick. They're the they're the picks for me. From and, Cage and if you Warriors. find yourself on Fight Pass and you're going to start to explore Cage Warriors, just watch Harry. 
Because oh, it's so fun. He's not in boring fights. And, no. and also, George, absolute killer. Yeah. Such a shame he come up a little bit short. Um, yeah. But other uh, Cage Warriors, uh, alumni, um, our, our, our Welsh gangster. And uh, we're, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what he does in the UFC. Absolutely, mm. yes. Um, I'm going to skip a couple because uh, we won't be able to do this forever. I don't know how long we've been going, actually. But... Um, at another catchy, uh, catchy handle here at LJW eight one eight eight one eight. Who do you think may be the super fight for UFC three hundred? I personally think it will involve one of the Diaz brothers, Ronda, or a former boxing world champion. So that's uh, LJW eight one eight eight one eight on Instagram. Uh, any thoughts? <laughs> All I'm seeing on social media is Diaz GSP. Can't be that. And, and it, it can't be that because as much as we love Nick Diaz, you know, the last time we saw him in the Octagon, it, 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 no one's excited to see him in there again, you know. We, we love the Diaz brothers, you know, the legends of the sport. I don't want to watch him fight GSP. I'm not interested. I really, no. Um, former boxing champions, I don't know. Uh, I can't ever imagine we're going to see Floyd in the octagon. Um, obviously, that's probably still the biggest name uh, in boxing. <sighs> I, I, I can't envisage Fury fighting in the UFC. I think if Fury fights, he fights in the PFL and he fights. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Francis. Um, Musk Zuckerberg. Uh, oh, do you think that's what it is? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, my God, I even considered that. <laughs> but, um I don't know. I I don't think it'll be GSP. I don't think it'll be Ronda. I heard she was maybe going to have another baby or something. But she has left the WWE, but then the WWE is now merged with UFC. So If Ronda's going to come to the UFC, now's the time. Yes, very true. Now's the time. Um, but I don't think it will be Ronda. I may be wrong. I don't think it will be GSP. Who would you like it to be? I'll put you on the spot there, bud. Sorry. <clears throat> Well, I'll tell you what I think it might have a chance of being. I wonder if we could see Nate back. Okay. Because I think Nate's trying to maintain a good relationship with the UFC. I mean, look, I don't know. The money seems to be there in PFL. PFL are saying that he could get anything from 10 to 15 million if he fights Jake Paul in an MMA fight in the PFL. He won't be getting anywhere near that in the UFC, I would imagine. But you never know. Maybe the UFC, maybe Dana is going, look, Nate is such a commodity, such a big deal. I, and he doesn't like Jake Paul. Maybe he's like, look, let's just keep... Maybe he's going to go, let's just pay Nate a stupid amount of money to fight. And it just takes him away from them. Because it, we don't want them gaining traction or anything like that. So maybe he's going to kind of... <laughs> jump on a grenade a little bit and take that hit of uh, of of paying Nate maybe 
what he could deserve from something like this in order to prevent him from going to the PFL. And bring a huge new audience to the UFC. Because that YouTube fan base... What, you think, Jay, what, what, what new audience? What, what, following, a, a, if he still fight Paul? No, he wouldn't fight Jake Paul in the UFC. Oh, right, you don't think that? No, God, So no. who are you saying that Nate's going to fight in the UFC then? Maybe Dustin Poirier. There's beef there. They've been booked before. Dustin is a big star as well. Is that a super fight? I think maybe you could say anything involving someone like Nate is a bit of a super fight. Oh, I, I, don't I, think, I don't think Dana would be bigging that up the, the way that he's talking. You reckon? No, I don't think that's big enough. Well, so what could it be? I mean, but so if we're going by historically what the quote-unquote super fights are, then you've got to... Im- and he said it's nothing to do with Connor. Then you've got to involve either Brock, Ronda... Or GSP. Oh, I mean, GSP looks in tip-top nick. Who wants to see Brock Lesnar in the UFC? Not me. 46 years old, Brock Lesnar. Not interested. Think. Not interested. Uh, I, I think, I don't know. Do you bring Ronda back? And I guess we've just seen Misha Tate come off a, a win. But I don't know. I, I, is that a super fight, Ronda versus Misha Tate? Potentially. But I, Well, I, anything I, with Ronda, I think you could argue, is a super fight. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think... You don't, you don't think that 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 Diaz Paul might happen in the UFC? Definitely not, because Paul signed to the PFL, so he yeah. can't fight in the UFC. Okay, so that definitely won't happen. Maybe it is Nick. I I don't see Nick as a super fight anymore. I don't think the audiences that got into the UFC maybe post pandemic, yeah, maybe even post Connor don't really see Nick as this amazing fighter like the older generations of fans do. And I think the older generations of fans, like yourself, have looked at Nick's return and gone, I don't know that I want to see this again. No one wants so to see it. So I don't think Nick counts as a super fight anymore. I think Nate does. I think Nate is a super fight. If they got <laughs> Nate to rematch Masvidal or someone like that, who's like, maybe that's a super fight, I don't know. Do you think we might get Anderson Silva GSP? I guess it's a possibility. Anderson was boxing. Uh, by all accounts, Anderson was making good money. It would have to be a one-off fight, wouldn't it? One-off yeah. contract. Uh, and something like Anderson GSP would be fun. GSP, though, didn't he have some kind of stomach issue, some kind of health problem after making middleweight and fighting Bisping? He had all sorts of health issues, and he was like, I can't do that again, like putting on the weight to do that. And he had some kind of stomach issue. I did not know that. Yeah, he had some kind of bad start. I don't know if it was colitis or it was something like that, but he had some kind of health issue after going up to middleweight and probably putting all that size and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, I'd, he, like, I'd like to see him in the octagon with hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you be up for that? If they, yeah. announced, if yeah, they said yeah. Anderson Silva, GSP, UFC 300. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I think that'd be... As that'd the be, headline act. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? It's George St. Pierre. Well, unless you do but Connor Chandler and the co-main is GSP Anderson Silva. I think it'd overtake it. I think GSP no, coming back. you can't overtake Connor. I don't know. I think if you did GSP v Anderson Silva on one card and Connor versus Chandler on the other card, I think the Connor card gets more pay-per-view buys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, yeah I don't think you could. And Connor wouldn't play second fiddle to anyone. He wouldn't, would he? You, you imagine Connor stepping out as a co-main event? No. Nah. No, you're right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what else have we got here? Instagram. Um, right. All right. So, OW Personal Training on Instagram, at OW Personal Training. It might be our personal training which, you know, hopefully you're not hurting yourself whilst you're personal training <laughs> too much. Ow! Personal training. Um, besides potentially Hamzat, who do you think has the potential to be a three-weight simultaneous champion? I would come in straight away and say Chimaev couldn't be because he can't make welterweight anymore mm-hmm. and he's not going to be a heavyweight champion. So even, even that is even beyond Hamzat Chimaev. I have a... <clears throat> I have a theory. It's not, it's not great, and I don't think that they would deserve it, but you've got to take into account, if you're trying to be a three-weight simultaneous champion, I think there's a couple of factors that you need to think about. One, 
what weight class is the closest together? The gap between flyweight and lightweight four weight classes is 40 pounds or something like that. The uh, gap between middleweight and light heavyweight, uh, uh, middle, yeah, middleweight and yep. light heavyweight, that's already like 20 pounds. So I think you want to pick people that can go between all of the smaller weight classes because the gap is smaller and it, the size difference won't matter as much. And then you've got to think who's got the star power to strong arm the UFC into giving them an opportunity to become a three-weight simultaneous champion. For me, there's only one answer, and that's Sean O'Malley. That's the only person I think could do it because I think the UFC would potentially give him the opportunity. I think it's very possible that Sean O'Malley could beat Cheeto and then go, oh, I've only defended the belt once, but I really want to just move up in weight. And the UFC, because he's a star and because he'll make money, will go, sure, yeah, here's Volk or Tapuria or whatever. And you never know. He's tall and rangy. Maybe he could get something. I don't think he would win against Volk or, or Taporia, but crazier things have happened. Seeing what this year's Sean Strickland and all that stuff. And then he might step up and go, oh, I don't want to have fight Islam, but maybe, I don't know, maybe a Charles Oliveira or maybe a... Uh, Maybe a Connor's come back and done something crazy or maybe, you know what I mean? Like there are, there's a world in which it could happen for Sean O'Malley. I wouldn't, I don't expect it to happen, but I just think who else out there has got that star power and is in the weight classes where you can actually move across the weight classes That's a, a bit great easier. Shout, mate. That's a great shout. I just, there's no one else I can think of. No, likewise. Oh, I hadn't even considered O'Malley. Uh, I was struggling with this one. Yeah, that's a great shout. I think that's the only potential there. Yeah, that is like gun to my head. I have to pick someone. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he will do it. I just think he will have more chance than anyone else on the current roster to do yeah, it. Yeah, I hear that. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask uh, from um, just phase. He put, um, oh, uh, sorry, he actually put... Um, could you could the UFC benefit from working with other combat sports such as boxing? What do you think on that? These, uh, because we're seeing people go to other organisations for these hybrid fights, and and it seems that Dana's like we're the UFC, and it, and it seems a bit of a closed door. Uh, and and I guess when they have bought, I don't know who who is a. James Tony fine? No, he didn't fight in the UFC, did he? I'm not sure. I can't remember that yeah. before my time. But, uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, unless this super fight is something huge that involves a boxer, then I don't know. I think the UFC is doing all right. And I don't see why they would work with another organisation to water things down. Uh, obviously, historically, they've just bought all the other organisations that were... That, that was sort of treading on their toes, and we're seeing Dana consistently laughing at this um, this buyout of Bellator by PFL. He, he doesn't. I, I don't know. Maybe if he's laughing about it, then maybe it is a genuine concern. But um, I don't think. I think the UFC is in a place now where it can do what the UFC does and do it best. And I, I don't necessarily. I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see some fun fights. Um, but I think we're getting them, and I think the PFL seem very open to a lot of that. But the question is not could they benefit from working with other organisations. It's other combat sports. Okay. So that to me is like that to me is, and they said such as boxing or something. Like that. So I suppose what that question means to me is how would they would they benefit in other way from working with other sports? Um, now the only company that seems to do that to any kind of success seems to be one championship. They've got their Muay Thai, they've mm. got Jiu Jitsu, they've got all that kind of stuff. I don't think that works for the UFC no. model. I, I, I don't think that would work. I think the only John Lineker, Liam Harrison, <sighs> yes, please. Yeah. Um, but the only the only way I think working with other combat sports could benefit the UFC is if they gain an audience from somewhere else. And that would probably be boxing. And the only way they would do that, I think, is by having like mixed rules fights. Like what they're talking about with Ngannou, Deontay Wilder and yeah, PFL, yeah, yeah. that in the UFC could work. You throw in John Jones or Tom Aspinall against, insert, top-ranked heavyweight boxer here in a mixed rules fight with no takedowns, four-ounce gloves. That could be fun. That's, that's where this could garner extra interest is by going we're doing something different it's not an MMA fight it's not a boxing fight it's a mixed rules fight and the intrigue is going to be in how do the rule sets 
shape the fight. And yeah. that, I think, is fascinating. If they do Deontay Wilder versus Ngannou in the PFL with no takedowns but four-ounce gloves, I'm interested. Fucking I'm really right. interested. Like... So those kind of like weird hybrid fights, they create something new. We could see a step forward in combat sports where we go, oh, this is an interesting little crossover. This could work. But ultimately, as you said, the UFC are, you know, they just got um, the, the, the merger with WWE and all that. UFC was valued at like 12 billion or yeah. something like that. They don't need to do anything. And I actually think if they did start incorporating other sports into their shows, the other sports would benefit like, if they started going, oh, we're going to have two kickboxing fights or Muay Thai fights on every card, those sports would would benefit. People might start going, oh, we'll watch a bit of Muay Thai as well as MMA. Yeah. But I don't think the UFC would benefit. So, no, I don't think it would help the UFC to, to, to work with other sports necessarily. Um. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From Ross Brown, oh, yeah. uh, what is your most goosebump moments in UFC history? Oh, for me, the most goosebump moments where I felt so emotionally attached to an outcome or a fighter or something like that, it has to have been that kind of featherweight stretch for Connor. That those those moments when he was. The Aldo stuff, like the build-up to the Aldo fights, which I've just went a bit goosebumpy just thinking about it. Like the when he was ripping the paper and stealing his belt, and I was like, "You were captivated." You know, I feel so lucky to have been interested in the sport at that time, yeah, and to be following it because you saw something really special with the whole build-up to that fight. And then when Aldo got injured and Mendez stepped in and you're like, oh, last minute replacement, totally different style of fighter. We then find out later on in documentaries that Connor was injured for that fight as well. And when he walked to the octagon, he looked pale. He looked gaunt. The weight cut was clearly not a great well, one was for that, him. That scene backstage, wasn't there, where Faber kind of went up and squeezed his belly and he got really aggressive oh, with him. Like, like, that's the worst I've seen him on the scale. That, was that fight. It was, well, it was, I believe that was the first, I might be wrong, he said, but I think that was the first Reebok deal fight. And Reebok deal had something where they implemented the no IV clause for fighters or something like that. So maybe it was possible that Connor was having IVs uh, previously and then had to not have it. And he, you could see it in the wake up that he looked terrible. So when he was walking out to that cage, as at the time a huge Connor fan, I was so nervous for him. I was really nervous. And then. Fast forward to him winning and then the Aldo yeah. walkout. Was it was it with Sinead O'Connor that the that's, Aldo walkout? That's on mine. That, those moments Seeing were Sinead just... Sinead O'Connor up the top yeah. singing like fucking hell. Like the whole of Ireland would have been losing its fucking shit. It was incredible. Yeah, that, it was. That, that was one of my moments. And I want to throw in a crowd singing. Um, and we've obviously heard, you know... People, the, the crowd singing for Darren Till, singing mm. Neil Diamond and stuff. Zombie walking out for his last fight and that whole auditorium singing the Cranberry Zombie. Oh, my God. Like, I, I mean, that was amazing. But I also think that song, I mean, even more so for Peter Queeley when he walked out for his oh first main event. God. Was that in Dublin? Yeah, as well? that was insane. And, and that was, and because that song obviously has so much of an emotional... That was in Bellator, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. And I believe it was against Patricky Pitbull, which he lost, I think. He did lose um, it, yeah. But that song obviously has so much more meaning with with uh, with, I with Ireland in yeah. general, uh, with, with the, the content of the song, the, the context of the song. Um, and... How did I not think for that, that? For that insane. crowd to be singing that, yeah, and for it, it was just crazy. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. 
and as someone that like, look, Peter Queeley is not a global star. He's, you know, well liked in, in Ireland, in Bellator, all that stuff, but he's not a big star. And I just think for him to have got that pop and for that to resonate through the TV yeah. like it did was phenomenal. I'm going to shout out um, Jack Shaw, crediting his dad uh, and yeah. uh, and his dad getting, he's, 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 you know, talking about his dad's struggles with uh, his cancer diagnosis and, uh, you know, we, we, we've had Jack and, um, and Richard on and, and, you know, two of the nicest people that we've, we've met in the sport and, and the bond that they've got, he's, he's, he's absolutely beautiful and, and to see him take that moment and, uh, and shout out Richard and you could see Richard was quite overcome with emotion when he done that and I think we'd had them on just before that as well and I think it was like, it yeah. was just lovely to see it and, and yep. to take that moment and, 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 and really make it about something personal I thought was lovely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know if we should answer this one or not, but I'm going in. Uh, Cine Hawkins on Instagram. The one that got away, uh, we've had some cracking guests. Is there anyone you almost got to interview but lost at the last minute? Any superstars that you nearly snagged? Now, this is a bit of a weird one. I don't, are you looking at me like you should not answer this no, question? No, no. We, 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 we nearly um, got him, but he kept, uh, literally, uh, he, he walked away, didn't he? I don't know what you're talking about now. That's not what I was going to talk about. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about Johnny Walker. Oh, well, <laughs> that, was, that that was a bit back and forth. Hopefully, yeah. we'll still get him on. Yeah. The big one for me was I was doing a play at the time and I messaged this person because uh, they'd been out of action for a little bit and they came back to me and I was super excited about it and then it all just went a bit cold after that. Joanna Jacek. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I, was, I was in, like, the dressing room for this yeah. play and I was bouncing up and down and everyone was like, what are you going to... I was like, we yeah. might get Joanna and they were like, yeah. we don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted that and she is someone that I just... I think is... She built that strawweight division oh, and what a champion she was. I would love to get Joanna on the show and yeah. we were close-ish at one point and it yeah. just didn't quite work we, out. We nearly had Darren Tilk, you remember? No. We nearly had that. Did I? Was it on this podcast or was it on my music one? No, it was this oh, one. Oh, here he goes, bringing up his other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> was it this one or was it all the other podcasts I do? No, I was, I, track. I, I, I was on holiday and I, I, I was literally in a caravan park and, uh, and I had no Wi-Fi and I was stressing and I had to go and speak to them and they let me use that. Oh, no, this was for us. It was. And they yes. let, and I, in the end, I was at this weird little thing in the break in between lockdowns I think and I went can I use your office please I need wi-fi yeah. and they were like why and my kids were like can we just go in the pool and I'm like no and I've got all my podcast stuff trying to get in this little office to interview Darren Teal over zoom and oh, then I think man. it was all set up and then yeah didn't it all fell through it all fell through yeah oh that was a shame I thought I was going mad then, but it was this, no, yeah, wasn't it? it? Yeah. So you, you've just sparked some memory yeah. off in my head. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, oh, there's a question about Brock Lesnar from Alex underscore Povey. Do we, you know, he fought at UFC 100, 200. Uh, so 300 would be apt. He's also taken six months away from the WWE. Could he be training for a return for the UFC? And should he fight? Uh, it, or who should he fight? Um my thing is he's 46 and if he does fight again, it's certainly not going to be under any kind of drug testing body. So, uh, I'm not sure how I really feel about Brock Lesnar coming back unless they say to Alistair Overeem, you can come back and be on all the steroids as well. <laughs> so, uh, Alistair Overeem's looking like a featherweight at the moment. So I don't think he's going to be, he, he, really? Gonna, have you not seen him? No. Like Alistair Overeem has literally like, has obviously stopped training at a, at a certain level and stopped, eating at a certain level. Yeah, he's he's tiny. Really? Oh, I'm going to find a picture of him. While Please there. do. Can you get it up on the screen? Oh, yeah. Let, let's oh, let's do that. Yeah. Um, right. So while you do that, let's move on to some TikTok questions. Um, who's most likely to be Islam Makachev at lightweight? That is from, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, Elior.com. Ids, so E-L-Y-O-R dot I-D-S-S uh, on TikTok. Who's most likely to beat Islam Makachev at lightweight? For me, it's Armin Sarukian. Armin Sarukian, I think, uh, as we've mentioned on this show before, lost to Islam in his debut. He was very young, but he gave Islam a really tough fight. I don't think there's anyone else in that division that can match up with Islam well enough in the grappling and the striking. And I think Armin can do it. Other people might think Gamrot, but for me, despite the judge's decision, Sarukian beat Gamrot. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think Armin Sarukian is is the biggest threat to Islam Makachev at lightweight. What? Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to my junkie. Oh, I've just. Uh, I mean, just... he's still ripped. Look at that arm. Yeah, I know, but look at him. <laughs> look at the picture next. Like, I mean, that picture next to him, he, he's. he's I, mean, I wouldn't even say but that's, that's prime. Ream, isn't I it? wouldn't even say that's prime juiced ream. That that you know, but I mean, yeah, that is not. Maybe he's changed we... his routine. Maybe he's doing like triathlons or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, this is a fun one. Um, Char- on TikTok, Charlie17H0. Would Prime Connor have beaten Prime Woodley if Connor moved up in weight? Yes. Yeah, you think, yeah. Sniped him. Really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this question. It's a real thinker. Yeah. Um, I mean, Woodley was on a great run and was uh-huh. a good champion. Yeah. You could argue Woodley is uh, Tyron, oh, former guest of the show, Tyron Woodley. Um, yeah, I think... I think Woodley struggled more with wrestlers than he did strikers. Mm. Like, Usman pushed him up against Vince. Colby did it to him. Burns. Like... I don't think he struggled massively with strikers until Jake Paul, obviously. Um, oh, my God, I forgot about I know, that. just twice he got beat by Jake Paul as well. Um, how powerful would Prime Connor have been up at welterweight? Would he have been powerful enough? I think he would have put him away quickly. I, you I, reckon? I, I, I think Woodley would have come gun to blazing and, uh, and, and I think Connor would have just sniped him. I think Connor could have done a number on him mentally in the lead up to a fight. Oh, God, yeah. I think Woodley was always someone that seemed like he was very unhappy with the fact that he wasn't getting the love from the fans. And I can understand why he was a good champion. Yeah. Um, but the fans never gravitated towards him. And I think he also didn't always click with Dana. Yeah. Uh, and I think Connor could have really done a number on him mentally in the lead up to a fight. So that would have had a huge impact on the fight. I'm going to say no, he wouldn't have beaten him. I'm a firm believer that size matters. And I really think Connor, that was the best at 145, going up to 170 to fight Prime Woodley at the time, the champion, the guy that hadn't been beat by Usman yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Woodley beats him. Okay. Okay. What do you want to go for next, mate? Uh, that Elite Ginge on uh, TikTok, which is a name I'm a big fan of. Um, would Zabit have become a world champion? Simply, yes. Zabit Magomed Sheripov, I think, wow. He was such a beast of a fighter. Arguably some cardio issues. He slowed down in third rounds every now and again. But he had great kind of Dagestani, he was a Dagestani fighter. Mm-hmm. With, he had good wrestling, but he was tall, skinny, and had fantastic striking as well. More like a Saeed Nurmagomedov than like a, a Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, but a phenomenal fighter. Very tall and slim for the weight class. Rangy. Used his spinning attacks really well. I was a big Zabit fan. I, and didn't he retire to become a doctor? I love that. Love that. Just went, no, I'm done with all this. I'm going to be a doctor now. Yeah. Absolute mental. I think his younger brother still fights or something like that, but not in the UFC yet as far as I'm aware. What a, uh, what a switch. What a switch. Moving from smashing people up to, <laughs> to, to literally them. patching people <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, Zabit would have been a world champion for me. I loved Zabit. Um, okay. Uh, if Conor makes a comeback... Does he get the title? Who's this from? Shout out the people. Don't oh, forget sorry. to shout out keep, the people. Keep forgetting They've written to do this. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Dean004 on TikTok. Thank you, Dean. What was the question? Do you uh, if Connor comes, when Connor makes his comeback, uh, let's presume it's against Michael Chandler and he wins, does he, uh, does he win the title back? Uh, no. Um, does he get a title shot? Yes, because that's where the money is. Hmm. Does he beat um, Islam? No. Does he beat Leon or Colby? Probably not. Uh, and, and that's it, really. That That's his two options, and I, I don't think he's better than any of those fighters. Agreed. Um, so that's as simple as that. Uh, what else have we got? We should have really mapped these out a little bit better. Uh, Do you think it's possible for Max Holloway to recapture the featherweight title? Yeah. Who is it? Who's, shout- who's the question from? Oh, God, what is wrong with me? Um, this is uh, from uh, Dylan Does Dumb Shit. 
over on TikTok. <laughs> great name. That's a great name. Uh, so what was the question? Does Max Holloway win the belt again? Do you think it's possible for Holloway to recapture the featherweight title? 100%. 100%. And kind of easily, in, yeah. a, in a weird way. Like, he can't get a title shot while Volk is still champ because he's been beat yeah. by him three times. But Volk is fighting Ilya Tapuria in a couple of months' time. Ilya is a fantastic fighter. I will pick Volk to win that fight because I'm a huge Volk fan. But if Ilya won that fight, I would not be surprised at all. And if Ilya wins, who's next up? Max Holloway. Max Holloway. So we get... <laughs> Max, Max. <laughs> Max. The Blessed could have a, a title shot by June yeah. of next year. And could he beat Ilya Tapuria? Yes. Like... If Ilya beats Volk, I think Ilya would be the favourite uh-huh. to defend his belt against Holloway. But Max Holloway is an absolute beast. So, yes, he 100% can get the featherweight belt back. Well, with that in mind, let's go over to a question from uh, UN107 over on TikTok. Has Volk returned too early? Oh, well, time will tell. I mean, February after getting knocked out in, what was it, uh, October? Yeah. If you're going to come back too early, you don't want to come back too early for Ilya Tapuria. I don't think so. I think Ilya's a beast. Look, Volk was chatting on some podcasts recently. He seems like he's in a really good place. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, and I hope he does it. There's probably in the back of his head, and he mentioned this as well, that like people keep talking about his age. But, but, but the thing is, people are going to talk about your age. You're 35 years old in one of the lower weight classes where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if he beats Ilya Taporia, he's the oldest champion ever um, below like 170 or something like that. So, yeah, people are going to talk about your your age because you're about to break a record. So it's a positive thing. It's a good thing that you've been good for this long. But... Yeah, I, I, I think it's... With the jury's out, we will know come February when he fights Ilya Tapuria whether he came back too early or not. And I, I, I worry for him, but I hope everything's going to be all right for him. Um, well, look, we're nearly at the hour mark. So are we really? We've still got a load of questions, so I'm sure we'll do another one of these. Yes. Um, so have you got a question that maybe we wrap this one up on? Because I, I, I've got one if you haven't. Um, all right, I've got... I've got potentially a couple, but I think the most fun one to do might be this one. So it was from T Dog nine 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 zero. Big up T Dog TikTok. How do you think the current champs would fare against their divisional goats? And who's each of your top five favorite fighters of all time? Top five favorite fighters of all time. I don't think we've got time for. But I'm really interested in what you say about how do you think the current champs fare against their divisional goats? I think, and we must be talking about the goats in their prime. Okay. So. Starting off, DJ versus Alejandro Pantoja. Never, ever write off Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, I'm going DJ. All day. I love DJ. Sugar Sean O'Malley. And who's the, band, who's the bantamweight goat for you? Hmm. Is it, for me, it's got to be Cruz or Aljamain Sterling. No, I'm not going Sterling. I'll go Cruz. So who wins, O'Malley or Cruz? I would say O'Malley in that situation. I, I think so. I think he would just catch him. Yeah. I know Cruz is great at evading shots. He's got great footwork and prime Cruz was, was so good. Yeah. But I just I just think O'Malley's really big. And yeah. we saw what he did to Aljo. If you want to say Aljo is the greatest yeah, yeah, bantamweight. Yeah, yeah. So how about this? <clears throat> I know I wouldn't say he's a goat, but he's, he's, he's done remarkable things in his career. Volk versus Connor. Both in their prime. <laughs> Do you know what I've got written down? What? Volk versus Volk. <laughs> Volk stepped in on late notice to fight Volk. That's Has he come back at but, too early to fight himself? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, for me, the, the GOAT at 145 has to still be Aldo mm-hmm. because even though Volk's beaten Aldo, he's beaten Holloway and he's so good. Aldo had like nine years of being the champion or whatever it was. That longevity he's the is... fucking GOAT. Because he was the WEC days yeah. as well when the UFC didn't have the lighter weight classes. Yep, yep, they had yep. to buy the WEC. Aldo was the man. So I think Volk V Prime, Aldo, and I'm still going to go Volk. I just think he's that damn good. Yeah. Um, but Volk V Connor, I would say, God, Prime Connor was a beast, wasn't he, at Featherweight? I just think Volk, Volk, I'm going to go Volk. I just think Volk's so brilliant. But Prime Connor is really interesting against mm. Volk. Yeah. But we'll never see it. So, yeah. Um, lightweight. Who's your lightweight goat? Is it Khabib or BJ Penn? I have to say, I wasn't into the UFC as much during the Penn era. I, I was, so. uh, and, and, and BJ was insane. Um, and I'm not the biggest Khabib fan. 
You yeah. Know, um, his fight style, he's not, doesn't excite me uh, the way, that, certainly the way that BJ would fight. Um, so I would, I would say BJ. Yeah, but and his chances against Islam Makachev? I think. Oh, fucking hell. Prime, I think BJ wins. No way, really? Yeah, you're not having that. Well, I, I, do you know what? I can't say I know enough about yeah, the BJ yeah, Penn yeah. era. I need to do my research a bit more. Yeah. I would say because I don't know enough about BJ's run, yeah. uh, I'm going to say Khabib's a lightweight goat. Okay. Uh, and Khabib versus Islam is a fight I'd want to see. And I'd actually pick Islam. Ooh. because I just think Islam could live with Khabib in the wrestling and I don't think Khabib's anywhere near the striker that Islam was. Okay, who's your welterweight goat? Welterweight goat's got to be GSP. That's unquestionable. He beats Leon. He, oh, he come on, probably Blake. does, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, like, we love Leon, but like yeah. prime GSP. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right, yep. Uh, Strickland Anderson Silva oh, is what I've got. Like, Sean Strickland because <laughs> I just don't know what's going on in the world like, we're, we're in a world where we're having these conversations which I do not understand um, Anderson, Anderson Silva all day long absolutely. Anderson Silva um, and then go at light heavyweights obviously John Jones mm-hmm. currently um, uh, Alex Pereira is the uh, champ I think this would have been a really interesting well an interesting fight in terms of like Pereira has some of those skills that John struggled with, which is the size, the length, the power. But I just think John's wrestling would just... Uh, Pereira can't deal with that wrestling. So, John I, Jones... I, I guess the big rangy, you know, fighters, I, I, I guess when he fought Gustafsson, uh, that was problematic for John Jones. Yeah. Um, but I just think, you know, Pereira's... There's, there's a lot of levels to wrestling, and yeah. he ain't, he's, he's not in that league anywhere near it. And I think Jones is too smart as well. Yeah. I agree. Um, in terms of heavyweight champion, I'm assuming we have to say Jones, but obviously Aspinall's the interim heavyweight champions. Let's take Jones out of this. Go on then. Let's take Jones out because we've already mentioned Jones. So Tom Aspinall, let's say he's the current heavyweight champion. I suppose the heavyweight goat technically is Stipe. It's very difficult to see past the Stipe we saw in attendance recently, the kind of old man Stipe, but mm. prime Stipe from, say, four or five years ago against Tom Aspinall. I think Aspinall just outboxes him and footworks him. I'm not writing Aspinall off against anyone. I think Aspinall will be the heavyweight goat in yeah. five years' time. Like I, I, I think what we've seen, he didn't put a foot wrong. No. And, uh, and he's making easy work of it. Uh, and, and I think, he's, yeah, that, that boxing, ridiculous. And, uh, and if he ends up hitting, you know, hitting the canvas with, uh, with Stipe, there's no flaws in his grand game either. Um, yeah, Aspinall. Right, so let's try and tally these up. We had DJ winning for the Goats. Uh, you had BJ Penn winning for the Goats, but I went for Islam. GSP winning for the Goats. Anderson winning for the Goats. Jones winning for the Goats. And then on the other side, we had Sugar winning for the New Champs. Volk winning for the New Champs. Well, maybe Islam winning for the New Champs, but we won't include that. And then, and then Tommy Aspinall. So I think the goats win it five three. If we, we're going particularly by your one, okay, it's a, bit, talk, it's a bit closer if we go with mine. Should we talk about some women? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, my bad. Uh, it's very hard to pick uh, goats. Uh, um, f- well, there's nothing at featherweight. Yeah, it's just Nunes. And that's it. Bantamweight to me seems similar because mm-hmm. Nunes is the GOAT and there is no current champion. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a bit of a pointless endeavour as well. In terms of flyweights, Shevchenko is the GOAT and she only just got beat by Grasso, yeah. who's the current champ. So that again is a bit of a mute point. Um, uh, well, no, she drew, didn't she, most recently? She lost and then drew with Grasso. And so the only division for the women you can really talk about is strawweight. And we've also seen that fight. Yeah. Joanna is the greatest strawweight and Zhang Wei Li is the current champ and they fought twice and Zhang's won twice. Yeah. So that was quick and easy. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. It's I, only because women... And, and Zhang, Zhang's going to go on to be a goat. I think it's very possible. I think um, that's the thing. With, with women's MMA, it's been going a lot less time yeah. than men's MMA, particularly in the UFC. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to kind of balance out. The, the, the goats are usually 
well, very recent champions, as we've seen with Shevchenko and uh, Nunes. So, yeah, very, very tricky. Strawweight's the only real division that mm. you can do much in with that. And, and even then, we've, we've seen that fight yeah. twice. So, very difficult with the women's divisions to do much of that. But in a few years' time, hopefully we will be able to. Um, okay. Is that all we've got for now? I think so. We've hit the hour mark. Um, there's plenty more questions. Um, so, we will do another one of these. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing this. I've loved it. Um, thanks ever so much for uh, all of you sending in questions. Uh, when this video uh, goes up on YouTube, why not get commenting on what you make of our, our picks and, uh, and, and what we've said on this episode. And why not put um, some answers in yourself and if you've got more questions for Blake and I then uh, yeah send us uh, some DMs on the, the MMA fan um, show uh, socials whether that be on TikTok uh, Instagram or X and uh, we'll collate them and we'll get our boy Jamie to collate them and, uh, and we'll do another one of these shows I'm sure quite soon thanks ever so much for supporting the podcast we really appreciate it um, subscribe um, over on YouTube and if you've not been over to YouTube if you're still listening thanks ever so much for being listeners you know this started off as a podcast but we'd love you to come over to YouTube and have a little look and see how we've really progressed what we're doing uh, in this shiny new studio um, we're back next time in the meantime um, don't know in the meantime what can I do? No? just be kind to yourselves come on guys and each other oh. yeah a bit of Jerry Springer there for you Tearing up. Yeah, it's been a bit too much fun. Bye. Bye.